Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. Welcome back to All Nations Aurora. Thank you for coming. We are now in week one of a brand new series um, that we're calling It's Time. It's Time. Now, how did we get this message series? Now, when I, I'm not a creative guy, so I kind of stay out of the way of our creatives. But when I was talking to um, our graphic designer, I said, man, I see like an iced out watch in my brain. I need you to do something with that. Because we don't realize how valuable time is. It's literally our greatest asset. It's the one thing we can't make more of. That's why every 24 hours is called a present. Because it's a gift to us. That we're to steward, that we're to maximize, that we're to use, not just for ourselves, but for something much greater. And so all month we're going to be walking through this, this concept of time. Because there's some things that, that God wants us to do a little differently when it comes to our time. You know, the pandemic, it really kind of slowed things down. Would you agree? I'm not a fan of slow things. As a matter of fact, your pastor has a, has a speeding problem. It's a true story. See, here's the thing, it's not my fault. I don't know where it came from. See, the first person that ever took me driving when I had a permit was my aunt, Linda. And we were driving around the block and she said, boy, you got a lead foot. I said, auntie, what's a lead foot? She said, you drive too fast. And I, as I think back on it, I mean, my favorite toy as a kid was Hot Wheels. I literally have pictures of Lamborghinis and Ferraris on my wall. My favorite TV show was Knight Rider. I was bound to speed once I got my driver's license, y'all. The first career ambition that I ever had, y'all not gonna believe this, was a NASCAR driver. That's the first thing I ever wanted to be. I have a speeding problem. And so I live in the left lane. <laughs> and if you're in the left lane with me and you are not speeding, I have a problem with you. Because in my estimation, the speed limit is just a speed suggestion. I know this is wrong, but I'm being honest. I believe they are just suggesting 40 miles an hour. I believe what they really meant was 52. And so I have a problem slowing down. My life was much the same. We had so much going on even before we started this awesome church. We just had a lot of things going on. But, but, but when 2020 came, 
God put the whole world on timeout. We all have to sit down. We all have to chill out. And in that time, I think we did a whole lot of reflecting. And I think we did a whole lot of reprioritizing. We started eliminating things out of our life because we realized, wait, no, I didn't really need that. Now that I'm forced to sit still, now that I'm forced to do nothing, I'm able to see a little bit clearer as to what's important to me, what's valuable to me. And I think that for a while we did that in a positive way where we were able to kind of declutter our lives a little bit. We were able to trim some of the fat a little bit and we were able to recapitulate based on these reflections that we were having. But I think since then some things have, have gotten out of whack with our time. I think that we have lost our prioritization of the things of God. Everybody was saying amen a few minutes ago, Quentin. I don't know what happened. I think that at a certain point, we got so comfortable being disconnected that we thought it was better to stay right there. We thought it was better to attend seven virtual churches every Sunday from the comfort of our home. We don't need connection. We don't need community. We don't need to serve. We got comfortable. And in our comfortability, we, we didn't realize that we started drifting away from our father. We started putting the things of God lower and lower and lower on the priority list because in the pandemic, we started to discover ourselves. The things that we care about the ambitions that we had that maybe we forgot about, the dreams that we've been sitting on. And we started turning the spotlight and the attention and the focus on us at the expense of everything else. And in some cases at the expense of everyone else. And so it's time to refocus. It's time to reprioritize. It's time to re-engage our Heavenly Father. I'm gonna start in Luke, the ninth chapter, but I'm gonna be reading from the message version. The message version is not a theological translation, but it is a summary of other translations. But in this essence, I really feel like it really painted a picture of a lot of us in this current state. I'm going to be reading Luke 9, 57 through 62. If you have an iPhone, I know you can get right to the message version with no problem. Android, you can just watch the screen because I know it might take you a little while. But it says, on the road, someone asked if he could go along. Right now, Jesus is out here about to do his ministry thing. He's healing people, he's blessing people, and people are starting to pay attention. And now people are wanting to be a part of what Jesus has going on, and that's where we find ourselves right here. And so this person says to Jesus, I'll go with you wherever. Like, Jesus, man, listen, you're the one. I can see it, I can see it, and I'll, I'll go with you to the ends of the earth. And, and he said, 
that's what he said. And Jesus was curt, meaning that Jesus had a little snapback. He said, are you really ready to rough it? Because, you know, we don't stay at the best hotels. You know, we don't, we ain't got first class donkeys. Are you ready to rough it? We don't, we're not staying in the best inn, you know. Jesus said to another, follow me. He said, certainly, certainly, yes. But first, there's, a, there's another priority. But first, excuse me for a couple of days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. These sound like really noble requests. I need to make, I just lost my dad. Just let me do this first. Jesus refused. First things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. He's trying to get people to understand that you need to have the right set of priorities. First things first, is what he said. You're so focused on death that you can't see how valuable life is. And because you're so focused on death, you're not telling people that the kingdom is here. You're not giving people hope because you're so focused on death. Then another, yet another person said, I'm ready to follow you, master. Here it is again. But first, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, because Jesus ain't playing. No procrastination. No backwards looks. Here it is. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. Today's message is called, It's Go Time. It's Go Time. Too many of us have been stuck on comfortability. Too many of us have been stuck on complacency. Some of us have been stuck on self-centered ambitions. We keep telling Jesus, but first, I'll serve you, hold on, but first. I'll join that local church, but first. I'll start giving, but first. I'll start walking in my purpose, but first, let me do me. And Jesus is saying no procrastination. He's saying it's go time. Have you ever been at a stoplight? Maybe it's just me. And if it is just me, don't judge me. Just pray for me. <laughs> Have you ever been at a stoplight that was red? And then that boy turned green. But the person in front of you act like that light is still red. Because they looking down at their phone. How many of you say a prayer for them in that moment? Not me. I take this right hand of mine. And I smash the middle of my steering wheel. Like man of God. I need you to go. 
I think the Holy Spirit is the driver behind us. And we're sitting at a green light, standing still like the light is still red. And he's like, go, go. It's go time. It's time to stop being stuck where you've been. I think that there are three things that you need to move on from because the fact of the matter is you're here because God wants you to know that it's go time. You're not accidentally sitting in these seats, watching online, listening to the podcast. You are hearing this because God wants you to know it's go time. And there's, there's a few things that you're going to have to move on from. The first thing for my note takers is you're going to have to move on from old history. Some of you are stuck because you're weighed down by old history. Think about a computer for a second. If you go to so many websites over time, all that stuff stays on the hard drive and it slows the hard drive down because it's full of old history. And then the processor starts moving slow and it takes you longer to get from one website to the next. It takes you longer to do the things that you need to do because you don't realize all that history is still there slowing things down, preventing you from being great in your presence, in your present. That's why they put that little button there where you can click and say, delete history. And when you delete the history, guess what happens? Things start flowing a little better. Things start moving a little better. Things start operating a little better because that old history that was once slowing you down no longer has the same effect. Isaiah says it like this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. It doesn't take away from the fact that things happen. It doesn't change the story by which we came from. But what you have to understand is that no matter what your story was, no matter what your foundation was, no matter what your parent story was, God has something new for you. He's telling you to forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Why? See, I am doing a new thing. He's trying to do something new in your life, but you're so stuck on old history. You're so focused on yesterday that you can't fully operate optimally today. In high school, I was a pretty good football player. I had scholarship opportunities by which I took none of because by the time I got to my senior year in high school, I no longer enjoyed the game. I don't know how it happened, but suddenly I don't want to play football no more. And so I never played one down of college football. I went on, started my career in the military, but every now and then a thought would come like, man, what if I would have just took one of them scholarships and went for it? 
would I have made it to the NFL? What would my life be like if I would have just stuck with it? And what was happening was I was so inundated with what could have happened that I was missing out on what was happening. Sometimes God has to radically take things away from us so that he can get us to a place that we wouldn't have gotten to any other way. My life would have been totally different if I would have followed that path. I wouldn't experience the life that I did experience if I would have kept going back to the what ifs, the coulda, woulda, shouldas, I would have never experienced God taking me from glory to glory to glory in the life that he had crafted for me. So the reason he wants you to stop dwelling on the past, he's not telling you that your past is irrelevant. He's not telling you that your past doesn't have purpose. What he is telling you is you have to stop living there. That's why he said stop dwelling on the past. He doesn't want you to take up residence in your old history. He has something new that he's trying to show you. He's not telling you that it didn't happen. He's just trying to tell you there's more to the story. But you first have to be willing to move on from old history. In the same verse, he says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I think that, that, that that's, that's one of my superpowers. As your pastor, I can see stuff that you don't see. And if you get close enough, I'm going to tell you. And it might annoy you, but I'm still going to tell you. Because I know God wants more for you. And sometimes you don't perceive it because you're dwelling on the old history. That's your immediate go-to. I can't do this today because of what happened yesterday. I can't walk in this new authority because of an old failure. You're dwelling on your old history while God is trying to show you something new. He said, I am making a way in the wilderness. Have you ever seen a wilderness? There's nothing there. I've been in the wilderness. I mean, literally. Nothing. Just nothing. I had to drive from Kuwait to Iraq and I saw sand. I mean nothing. Literal tumbleweed. So for the fact that God uses wilderness to let you know that even in situations of nothingness, I still will make a way for you. It lets you know that even though your situation of the past looks untenable, looks uninhabitable, looks like a bunch of nothing, he's saying, look a little closer. If you focus on me and where I'm trying to take you, I will provide a way out of this wilderness. And I have streams in a wasteland. Do you know that a stream is a representation of cleanliness? 
It's not any kind of water. Streams represent pure water. And he says, I have clean, pure water available in a wasteland. So I know your childhood wasn't the best. I know your, your career trajectory didn't go like you thought it would. But even in that part of your life that feels like a wasteland, if you stop focusing on it and focus on me, I will provide pure water for you, even in that old place. And so God is encouraging us to move on from old history because he wants you to experience something new. The second thing that you need to move on from is old habits. Some of you are stuck, because we at church, some of you all are stuck in sin cycles. I know we don't use that word in church anymore. But some of you are stuck in sin. And it's preventing you from being who God is trying to make you. And he wants you to move on. He wants you to know you don't have to stay there. He wants you to know that there is hope. There is a way out. There is more to the story. Because some of us find identification in our sins. Some of us wear it like this is just who I am. My granddaddy did it. My daddy did it. I did it. What can I do? It's who I am. And God is saying no. God is saying not so. God is saying there is freedom for you. God is saying there is healing for you. God is saying there's deliverance for you. You don't have to stay stuck in that sin cycle. You can be set free today. Because it's prohibiting you from being who God wants you to be. He's saying it's go time. You don't have to surrender to it. You can be made free. How do we get free? Well, there's several tools in our tool belt that God gives us. We talked about one all last month prayer. But there was a verse that we shared um, last month where it said that this kind only comes out by prayer and what? Fasting. When was the last time you went on a fast? When was the last time that you used the weapon of fasting to break yourself Free. Isaiah again, he says, it's not this kind, excuse me, it is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to do what? Loose chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Fasting isn't about starvation. <laughs> fasting isn't about Losing weight. Fasting is about breaking chains. Fasting is about breaking yokes. Fasting is about finding freedom. And one tool that's in your tool belt that many of you are not using is the power of fasting. It can be food. It doesn't always have to be food. Maybe there are some habits that you need to break free from maybe they're not even sin yet but maybe they could be so maybe maybe you are approaching a little bit of gluttony you know that's a sin right 
We love to talk about every other sin in that list except the food. It's in the same list. <laughs> so, so sometimes we do need to back up off that plate and say, Lord, break me free. Lord, break this yoke. Because we don't realize that it's slowing us down physically. And that's why you ain't on no serve teams, because you're tired. But some of you all are so preoccupied on social media that you don't have quote unquote time to do anything productive. So maybe you should fast from social media. I got two amens. Right now I'm in the middle of no social media for this month. Just because God told me to. Because I believe in the power of fasting. Because when we get distractions out our way, we get to be more focused. So I don't know what fasting looks like for you or what the Spirit of God is going to challenge you to do, but I know it's a weapon that will help you break free from old habits. I know that some of you have been struggling for a long time with the same thing, and he's saying, you can fast your way out. Fasting can break that chain. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to stay bound. That's good news. Isn't it good to know that God makes a way of escape? That we don't have to walk around in, free, uh, in fear. We don't have to walk around scared of the devil. He might jump on me. I don't want to trip up and stumble. You have power that you can tap into from the Holy Spirit. Fasting gives you power. That's why it says it breaks chains. Have you ever tried to break a chain? Not easy. But fasting gives you that type of power. That chains that used to have you bound and imprisoned break. Some of y'all been praying, trying to get free, which is very noble, but he said that these kind only come out by praying and fasting. So maybe fasting is the missing component. Maybe you've been trying to pray your way through, you've been trying to have the willpower to stay out of sin and it's not working. Maybe there's a missing ingredient. Maybe you should consider adding fasting to your regimen. And maybe you should ask God as you fast to use this fast to break you free from those old habits. The third thing that you need to move on from is old hurts. Ah, I knew that was going to get y'all because you like your pain. You find comfort in remembering the pain that was afflicted upon you. You know why you enjoy it? Because you get to use it as an excuse not to move forward. You pull it out like a business card. Oh, I'm rejected.
It's just rejection. Yes, this is my rejection card. See what they did to me? Oh, maybe you didn't know I was abandoned as a child. That's why. That's why I'm not doing anything. But God is, is, is telling you that it's, it's time to move on. He's not telling you that what happened to you didn't happen to you. He's not telling you that what they did was okay. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that, one, he can heal you. Two, he wants you to move forward because there's more to the story. You got to understand that the devil, your enemy, is trying to get a two for one. Because if he can get you to stay stuck on what somebody else did to you, now he's got authority over that person and you. So he got two for the price of one. That person's bound and you're bound too. You may be bound by different things, but you're still bound by the same devil. When you choose to stay in your hurt, it doesn't mean that you weren't hurt. But if you take up residence there, you'll never get to experience what else God has for you. And he has something else for all of us. He didn't jump up on that cross for you to stay bound in that pain. He took the pain for you. He shed the blood for you. He took the guilt for you. He bared the shame for you. He didn't go jump up there so you could stay stuck and hurt. Second Corinthians says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the, crea the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled. Do you know what that word means? It means to bring to a zero balance. He wants that pain, that hurt, that grief to come to a zero balance. Now there's a process, there's times and there's seasons, but you can't spend a lifetime there. You don't get to dwell there forever. Write this down. I can't start the next chapter of my life if I keep rereading the last one. You still talking about what happened in 1987? In 2022. Again, it doesn't erase the fact or negate what happened, but God wants you to move forward. It's go time. It's go time. You're sitting at a green light with your head down, unable to see that the light has changed. It's time to go forward. We have to understand, just like those people we read about in Luke, they kept coming up with reasons, good reasons, understandable reasons. They weren't saying anything malicious or, or self-centered even. Like, 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 I need to bury my father. I need to, I need to settle my family business. And Jesus was like, bruh, no, 
procrastination. He's like, what are you talking about? Why are you talking to me about death? When you should be focused on life. Where is your focus? Because he understood the value of time. He understood that we don't get a whole bunch of these. We get a certain amount. And we have to make the most of it. And if you're staying stuck on yesterday, you're wasting valuable time. Jesus said in Matthew 4, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. He's speaking to urgency. (laughs) He's like, that's why he ain't got time for what you talking about. The kingdom of heaven is near, meaning it's close. It's urgent. We got to tell people they finna go to hell. And you trying to go to a funeral. You trying to go get your inheritance. That's what it really was. But the kingdom of God is near. So that's why you can't just show up to church every week and then leave. Like it ain't no big deal. I just came. I came, Lord. How are you helping advance his kingdom, though? Do you just show up and take and take and take and don't give nothing? Do you serve in any capacity in your local church, in your local community, on your job? Does anybody see the Christ in you? Have you told anybody that the kingdom of God is near with the way that you live your life? Or are you just tucking your gifts away? Because you hurt. Because that pastor, that last church. I'm just going to, I'm just going to chill, Lord. I feel like the Lord got me in a season of rest. You know. Can you show me a biblical example of a season of rest? Just one. You think he gave you a gift so you can rest? Your problem is you don't realize that the kingdom of heaven is near. That's why you think you're in a season of rest. I like it when it's quiet because I know I'm on point. But it's go time in four areas. Four areas that is go time. You don't have to question. You don't have to wonder because the light is green in these areas. First, it's time to get closer to God. Stop playing. Let me just say it like I say it. Stop playing. Stop thinking you got time. Stop thinking I'm going to get to it when. The time is now for you to get closer to God. I don't care how close you are. It's time to get closer. I know you've been saved all your little life. But he's demanding for you to come closer. James 4 and 8 says, come close to God. So the prerequisite for God to get closer to you is for you to come close to him. You're, 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 You're standing by like, okay, Lord, whenever you're ready for me. No, he's telling you to come close. The onus is on you. Can I help you? 
I love being your pastor, but you know something? I can't save you. I love being your pastor, but I can't bring you closer to God. The Bible doesn't even tell me to do that. Ephesians 4 says that he gave some apostles and some pastors and some prophets and some teachers and some evangelists for the equipping of the saints, not for the salvation of the saints. I'm not supposed to save you or sanctify you. So go ahead and back up off me. Because all I'm supposed to do is equip you. The rest of the story is on you. And he's demanding for you to come closer. It doesn't say have your pastor pull you closer. He's talking to you about you. And you looking at me. I'm just going to open the Bible and tell you what it says. He wants you to come closer and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided. He calling you out. Your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Y'all love cussing. Y'all do. Y'all love it so much that y'all do it on social media. So I know you do it in real life. It, it, it boggles my mind. I know, I know there's no, no, no scripture reference for it. But, but some stuff you just shouldn't do. Some stuff don't look like Jesus. Some stuff looks just like the world. Because your loyalty is divided. You love looking like the world. And you got to ask yourself why. Why do you love them so much? That you want to be just like them instead of helping them become more like you. Why? Why don't you want them to be more like Jesus instead of you becoming more like the devil? Why? Because your loyalty is divided. It's a heart issue. I'm not judging you. I'm trying to equip you. I'm trying to help you perceive it. The goal is not for us to become more like them. The reason we go out there and we love them and we show up with Jesus in us is so they can know Jesus. We don't show up condemning them, pointing the finger at them, but we show up representing Christ wherever we go. So there has to be something about us that looks different for them to see something different. Y'all so mad at me. That's okay. <laughs> Second thing, it's time to get honest with a friend. Amen. Some of you are bound by sin because you're keeping it to yourself. Right. You hear that silence? You're stuck because you're silent. Amen. You want everybody to think that you got this thing figured out. The problem is the Bible says in James, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Your healing is in your confession. Stop showing up every Sunday like everything's okay when it's not. Find someone you can trust to be honest with like I am struggling i need prayer please help me get free your freedom is in your mouth 
And the reason you haven't gotten free yet is because you're faking it. Like everything's okay. And God is telling you, it's time for you to get honest with a friend. You need, here's a bad word in church, accountability. Y'all won't say that word, but y'all say them other words. Never mind. (laughs) You need accountability. You need accountability so that you can be who God created you to be in the fullness thereof. Because a lot of us can fake it through our gifts because the gifts are without repentance, meaning that they're going to work. Whether your character is intact or not. But what God wants is for your gift to operate from a place of freedom, from a place of purity. And you'll never be perfect, but he wants you to pursue holiness. Ooh, another bad word in church, holiness. I'm going to say all the bad words today, accountability, holiness, righteousness, sin. I'm going to say them all. It's time for you to get honest with a friend and get free. Like, it's a key to get free. And he wants you free. Third thing, it's time to get in tune with your purpose and your passions. This is a big deal. Because if if your enemy can keep you in complacency and comfortability and you not operate in your passion and in your purpose, then the people that you're supposed to impact will never be impacted. He loves your complacency. He loves for you to stay hurt, stay broken, stay in your seat, never serve, never give, show up every now and then. He likes that version of you because it's not impactful. Has no power. Just a church goer that's not operating in any kingdom authority. He wants more for you. That's why you can't stay there. That's why you can't stay stuck. Because there's more. There's power waiting for you to take hold of. Galatians 6 says, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. He's not saying that you're not somebody. He's saying that you should test it out to make sure that what you're operating is is in is what God has for you to operate in. And the moment you figure out what God has for you and what you're supposed to do with it, you become powerful. You become a threat to the enemy when you become who you're supposed to become. When you operate in the gifts that he's given you, you become a threat. And that's why he wants you to just skate by. Here's what you got to understand. You don't want to just go through life. You want to grow through life. Stop just trying to make it to the next day. Did you learn anything? Did you get closer to God? Did you grow in any way? Did you develop your gift? Did you cultivate a relationship with the Father? 
Every 24 hours, there should be some semblance of growth. God doesn't want you to just exist and skate by. He didn't have to get on the cross for that. He got up there because there's more. You need to self-evaluate. Like, how comfortable have I been? Have I been using my gifts in any... Do I even know what my gifts are? Do I even care? Some of you are gifted and complacent. Gifted and stuck. Gifted and comfortable. And the devil loves it. Because them gifts ain't in operation. Because you're hurt. You're stuck in your history. And you're letting your habits get the best of you and pull you out of who you're supposed to be. Ask yourself the question, why am I so comfortable not in operation? Where did that come from? Are you making the same excuses that they were making in Luke? Lord, I, I will, but first. But first, but first, but first. And Jesus is responding, no, first things first. The kingdom of God first. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Last one and then we'll go because I've made you guys mad enough today. Last one is it's time to get on doing something greater than myself. You don't realize the impact, positive or negative, that you have by the life that you live. The life that you choose to live is bigger than you. He's talking to you. I don't care what your story has been up to this point, he's talking to you that your life has a bigger purpose than just your life. He's playing chess, not checkers. He makes a move in your life thinking about the lives that that move will impact on other people. So when you stay average, or worse yet, below average, that's the degree of the impact that you'll make. Do you serve an average God? Is that who you came in here to worship today? Or do you serve a God that's bigger than any and everything? Will that God said that you're made in his image and in his likeness? And since he's big, why are you thinking so small? Why are you letting yesterday's problems hinder your future? If he's bigger than anything, if he's bigger than that pain, if he's bigger than that offense, if he's bigger than that failure, then why do you keep surrendering to those things instead of him? 
Because what you're subconsciously saying is he's not bigger than those things. You're saying nobody gets this. Nobody understands this. This is why I stay in this. Ephesians 2 and 10 message version says, God creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Did you know that he's gotten a work ready for you? And if you don't do it, it doesn't get done. Like he doesn't give your work to me. It's your work. And if you don't do it, it does not get done. That's why you can't stay there. There's work for you to do. Work we had better be doing. I can't go back and change the beginning. But I can start where I am. I can start where I am today. And I can change the ending. Again, you have a heavenly father that loves you and cares for you and is concerned about you. And he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows what you faced. He knows the pain in your heart. He knows the sin that has you bound. But he is available to help set you free and set you on the path to do the work that he created you to do. You're not supposed to stay stuck in mediocrity. And he's not wanting you to say, I'll get to it when. He's challenging you to get started now. That's why he's saying it's go time. The light is green now. You need to go forward. Time is too valuable for you to keep wasting it. Tomorrow may not come. So what are you going to do with today? Let's not even talk about tomorrow. God wants to know, what are you going to do with today? That's his challenge to you as we stand. What is he asking you to do today? And then what are you going to do with what he's asking you to do today? Are you going to say, but first? Are you going to say, but Lord, let me first do this and then I'll do your will? Or will you recapitulate your priorities back to the kingdom of God because you realize that the kingdom of God is at hand and you don't have time to waste. You've wasted enough of it. It's time to snap out of your complacency. And it's time to move forward. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. There's some of you that this challenge spoke directly to your heart. You showed up today not knowing that 
the spirit of the living God was going to talk directly to you and your current situation, but he did. And so it's in this moment that you get to respond to what he's told you. You get to respond to that nudging that you're feeling on the inside that this message was for you and you recognize Either A, I need to give my life to the Lord because I haven't done that before, but I know that he's calling me to come to him. Or you may be a person that once had your life fully submitted, but lost your way and you need to give your life back to the Lord. Either way, the spirit of God is talking to you and you need to respond. And it's really simple. I'm not going to have you come down or anything like that. Everybody's eyes are closed and I'm the only one looking. Except heaven. Heaven's looking down, awaiting your response. So when I count to three, all you have to do is raise your hand and wave it so that I can acknowledge and heaven can acknowledge that you're serious about this decision. On the count of three, raise that hand. One, two, three. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Yes, I see you. 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 You can put those hands down. I see you. We're going to pray for you. And one of the models here at All Nations Aurora is that nobody prays alone. So the word of God says that if you confess, excuse me, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. So I'm going to ask you to repeat some things. Have you raised your hand? Repeat after me, but we're all going to say it because we all, we're all cheering for you. Amen? Amen. So repeat this. Heavenly Father, I honor you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I believe that you are the only begotten son of God and I believe that you came to this earth lived a perfect life surrendered your life on the cross for me and I believe that on the third day you got up out of that grave for me I recognize that I'm a sinner in need of a savior Lord come into my life, take full control, be the Lord over my life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, come on, all nations. They just made an incredible decision that will change their life forever. Listen, everybody who prayed that prayer, that's only the beginning. That's only step one. Now, as you proceed, you need to grab a hold of the hand of Holy Spirit and ask him to lead you, to guide you, to help you, to instruct you on how to live this life for him. It's the best way to live life. Can I just tell you? There's no better way to live. As we close, just know that God has an expectation of you. 
he's not okay with you chilling out. God has an expectation of you. And he wants you to walk in it. Ask him for help. Ask him for wisdom. But stop standing still. Let's pray our way out. Father, we just thank you that you came and spoke directly to our current life. You know us better than we know ourselves and you knew what we needed to hear today. Father, help us to honor you by living a life on purpose for purpose that you created for us. Help us to move away from complacency and into authority. We want to be all that you created us to be, but we can't do it without your help. So Father, help us not waste another 24 hours, but to use each day that you give us for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Use us, have your way in our lives so that you can get the glory out of this life that we live. And we forever give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hug somebody, hug. fist bump them, elbow something. Don't just leave out. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.